Welcome to the Rock of Bay County, Florida, where our vision is to be a multi-generational gathering, moving as one body to bring the glory of Yahweh to this beautiful county and to all the earth. We hope you are encouraged and blessed as you listen to this message. Guys, cue up that video for me. I'm going to give this a little uh, background. Some of you might have seen this, and um, I hope you have. It's really cool, but I... uh, stirred me a lot this week. I mean, I, I, it kind of popped up on, on YouTube, and it was, it was of Apostle Damon um, giving a testimony um, from somebody um, from a few months ago. This is when this was actually recorded. But there's, to me, so much power in this, and some, sometimes some things we kind of forget um, and just how Holy Spirit guides us and, and things that He does, He is He is powerful in our lives, and He will guide us if we'll if we'll listen to Him. So I just I want to play this, and I'll tell you guys when to stop it. It was early August. I had been reading and rereading. This is Steve writing to me. It was early August. I had been reading and rereading the fifteenth chapter of John. I simply could not move on from it. I actually heard the Spirit of the Lord call. Matter of fact, get, can you get on the keyboard real quick, bud? I didn't think I was going to do it this way, but I think it's important to end it this way. I want to honor this, and I, I do the rush thing. That's not y'all, that's me. I mean, the look on your face is doing it, but I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm the one being moved by the look on your face, so I repent for that, and you can work the other part out when you get home. All right. Bring me a minstrel. All right, you ready? It was early August. I had been reading and rereading the 15th chapter of John. I simply could not move on from it. I actually heard the Spirit of the Lord call it the center of the Bible for me. And I agree, it's the center of the Bible for me too, John 15. The center of the Bible for me until further notice. At one point, I was crying out during that season for the fruit of the Spirit to simply flow through me and do what I could not do as I simply press into the vine. No works. No ministry, no aggression or zeal, just fruit through connection to Jesus. During this time, I received two specific words. Number one, go to Asheville on October the 31st. And number two, do nothing. Go to Asheville, Halloween, October the 31st. Number two, do nothing. Brenda, his wife, bore witness to this and agreed that she would stay home and pray as I went. When the evening of the 31st came, I drove to Asheville. The Halloween insanity was in full swing by the time I got there. Full nudity, drug use on the street, even some dudes dressed in black robes carrying around a big Hail Satan sign. I walked, communing with the Lord and doing nothing for a few hours. I was walking toward the center of town where the taller buildings are, and I began to hear screaming and shouting across the street. I looked and I saw a girl around 20 years old, I guess, short hair. I don't really remember now um, how she was dressed. She was bent over, staggering up the other side of the street, pulling violently at her own hair and crying, screaming and cursing. I sensed the spirit of the Lord say to me, this is it. I did not want to approach her directly, so I went across the street and stood ahead of her on the sidewalk. Peter? Went across the street and I stood ahead of her on the sidewalk. As she came nearer, I could hear her yelling profanity at other people and lunging at them. She pointed straight up into the darkness at one point and screamed a blood-curdling scream. Needless to say, I was bracing myself and praying under my breath as she got close. 
Then when she got just a few feet away, she suddenly stood up almost straight and looked at me, almost as if just waking up. She said in a perfectly calm voice, oh, hi. I suppose I just said hi back to her. She went on to begin to tell me that everything was going to be all right now and that she was so glad to have run into me. She told me her name was Johnny. And I must admit I was dumbfounded that I said virtually nothing back to her apart from smiling at her and agreeing with her. Finally, she took my hand and held it to her cheek. She thanked me again for being there and walked away happy and clearly in her right mind. As I was standing there dazed by the whole encounter, it occurred to me that my phone had been vibrating in my pocket. While Johnny was with me, I looked at my phone and found that it had been Brenda texting me. The text read, is the girl there yet? So I text back, there was, yes. She texts back, is she okay now? And I text back, yes, she is. And she texts me, this is Brenda. Thank you, Father God. I saw what she was seeing and it was horrible. As I drove home, I began to feel nagging about how I hadn't talked to her about the Lord. I hadn't mentioned Jesus. I began to hear in my mind, that was a failure in a waste. You didn't do anything. You did nothing. And then rushing into the cab of that pickup truck, the word of the Lord came so powerfully. I told you to go to Asheville and do nothing. A demonic girl named Johnny was delivered tonight. Now go home. Brenda and I talk of Johnny often. Every time now, when I meditate on the 15th chapter of John, Johnny sits beside me in my heart. I don't know if this experience can be... (sighs) (sighs) Yahweh, let it be us. God, we're so much... There's so much more than we give ourselves credit for. We are literal gateways for heaven to invade earth. And how quickly we forget because we're so moved by our emotions. Friends, your, your emotions will deceive you. Emotions are meant to work for you and not against you. And if you based everything off of how you feel in a moment and how you're, and how you're supposed to walk to just make your life better, you'll miss the miracle working power of Holy Spirit in your life and His flooding within our hearts to guide us in all of our ways. We have to learn to acknowledge Him. And this is the thing is that the world will absolutely, absolutely use every emotion to their benefit, to control That's why I say the thing about fear. Experiencing fear is not a problem. Letting that become a root is a problem because the world knows how to manipulate and control your emotions. But a man who's rooted and founded, a woman who's rooted and founded in the faith and belief 
of the kingdom is not going to be moved and controlled every time the wind blows. And I believe Holy Spirit is going to be faithful to us. Holy Spirit is faithful to reveal those things. What are those things? Whatever those things are in your life, your financial issue, your struggles, your anxieties, your worries, your fear, all of those things, the answer can be revealed to that. But this is the, here's, here's what you have to do. There's two, two choices you have to make. Number one is have ears to hear. Number one is have ears to hear. What was the prayer of that man before? I'm not looking for works. I'm not looking for things to just take place. I'm just looking for you to show me the fruit of what I'm supposed to be walking. I want you to activate Holy Spirit in me. And I'm willing to have an ear to hear, even if that doesn't benefit me and my family today. What would you have me do? Trust in the Lord completely and do not lean on your own understandings, but in all of your ways, acknowledge him. And when we walk into stores, when we walk into this place, when we go into our own home, when we're walking through our neighborhood, no matter what the situation is, being able to acknowledge him in every single circumstance and that I'm here for more than just a good life. That I am a, 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 a vessel, that Holy Spirit, that Christ lives within. And he didn't just, he's not just there to just be a part of us. He's there to get out of us and to touch lives around us and to guide us in ways so that the glory of the Lord covers the earth like the waters cover the seas, that the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. You're more than what you give yourself credit for. So the first thing is to hear, to have ears to hear, to have eyes to see. What is it, Holy Spirit? Set yourself apart to be able to hear. Here's the hardest part. Simple, but seemingly the hardest part. Obey. (laughs) Back to the basics. Hear and obey. See, there's a lot of people that want to hear, that want to trust. I trust them completely. But when you get in this place and you miss out on the, do not lean on your own understanding. Meaning this, if you're asking for a supernatural Holy Spirit thing and everything that you get just makes sense and checks off, probably more of a good idea and not heavenly. is not supernatural. Because he's going to stretch you, he's going to pull you, he's going to do things that you would not typically be comfortable with, and it's all for you to say, not my will, but yours. Yeshua walked as a man. He came as the son of man, and his standard was that I'm watching him, and I'm listening to him, and all I do is obey him. And sometimes listen and obey gets lost because we're too heavenly minded, we're too kingdom. So we forget the principle of hearing Holy Spirit, following in that, and listening and obeying. But we're very, very good at listening to the world and obeying what they say to do. This is not 
any way of a slam. I'm speaking to myself because I've listened to that over and over and over again this week. And I've just said, man, Holy Spirit, take me into a place where I just know you're thumping my heart to speak to that person. Take me to a place where you just take me out in the wilderness or wherever it might be to just be alone with you. I don't care what that looks like, but he has done that in my life many times. And I believe that these things are things that need to be awakened again in our own walks, in our own lives. And we have to free ourselves from our emotional response and start to feel out what Holy Spirit is doing in our life. Leo, we're in this place right now of the listen and obey thing. With your kids, you're always listen and obey. He's got the listening thing down pat. So when we get to that obey point, we struggle. (laughs) Same as what you said, Tamara. Meaning, I know you just heard what I said, but you don't want to do it, so you're going to go off and do the thing like hum the car against Frank's head. Don't throw that, Leo. You heard me. Now obey. And I believe that we are in a place that we are, we're almost fearful to listen because we don't want to obey. Because, how, how, like, okay, that might sound simple. How many of you are sitting in your room and Yahweh says, four months from now, I want you to just randomly drive to Asheville and sit there? When's the last time we've had that kind of word? And I truly believe that that's not just a random thing in the life of a believer. I believe it's become a random thing, but I don't believe that us being, if we're gonna say we're led by the impulses of Holy Spirit, if we say that he's living within us and we go six months with just a little praying and just nothing happening, there's no fruit, there's no movement, there's no like guidance and sensitivity to the things around us, we have to go, am I not building myself up in my most most holy faith because I'm not here for myself I'm here for others go and be the gospel not preach not just have to preach be the gospel be the light but it's not going to come by listening to all this is why I'm so I've been so much about like let's consecrate ourselves let's single our minds let's single our focus it's not because I care if you're on Facebook or whatever like whatever this is not to I just am so hungry I'm so hungry to be a part and I am a part and you are this people but to be a part of the people that starts to see the manifestation of Holy Spirit that have testimonies not like you know what I just wanted this and and this took place and I got a big check fantastic this is what he says seek first the kingdom and all of these less important things will be added so you having a check in your hand is awesome and I rejoice with you but what did you do when you seek the kingdom what supernatural manifestation took place because as apostle Damon has said before if there's anything at this point in time in your life that can be solved with a written check it's not really a need it's a want He will cover all of those other less important things if you will be faithful to seek him first. 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 It's simple. 
and difficult. Those, the stories in the Bible, I keep saying, those stories of the supernatural manifestation of Yahweh where he just invaded a situation that was impossible and we read about it now and it seems still impossible and it just seems almost ridiculous and so with our feeble minds, we go back and say, well, that's a good story. That's meant to just produce, you know, a, a tell a tale or whatever to get us to believe some things. No, 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 no. This is what Yeshua did was model the way that a believer should walk, the way that a son with Holy Spirit within him should walk. He, he proved that by saying greater works will you do. He showed in his disciples that even the presence, the shadow fell and people were healed. That's why they lined the streets. Obviously that took place that they knew that even if his shadow passes you, you will feel, you will experience healing. And that somehow standard started to lower and lower and lower and lower. And then we just had church services where people can sing really good and we can, you know, pass out tracks or whatever you want to call church today. It's all, it's all about community. It is all about community, but it's mostly, and I think more importantly, about the power pulsing through our veins. And the minute that we say That's, that was for yesterday is the minute we lose the kingdom. It's the minute we lose the influence that we are meant to have and we're meant to walk in every single day. There's gifts that he gives us through Holy Spirit. He gives us gifts and it's important. See, our body naturally recognizes when there's a foreign thing that wasn't supposed to be there. And if you have a healthy body, a strong body in the natural, it has everything it needs inside of it to go and fight those things. It'll attack them. I believe that the Holy that Spirit, our spirit is the same way. If our spirit is healthy, if our spirit has been built up, if it's been, if it's been moved, if it's been activated, if we're walking as spiritual beings, then when fear and anxiety and worry and all these things that fall under the category of fear start to creep in, the spirit within you will attack that and not let it ever take root in your heart. I truly believe that that's how we're supposed to walk. But if we just take Holy Spirit, put him on a side table and say, yeah, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, Yahweh, back to what I was talking about, my financial struggle. I know I just bought two cars I didn't need. I know that I just spent all this money on, on, on dinner out and everything like that. But come and bless this so that I can do the work of the kingdom for you. Don't sit here and act like y'all don't do that. I do it too. But I'm moving into days where I say, you know what? I'm, I, this, this is something that I need to be faithful over, but he's gonna take care of this as I seek him first and I'm utilized by the spirit. See, it says, it's, the Bible says this. It says that we are to, that we're, that we're to trust him completely. Do not lean on our own understandings in all of our ways, acknowledge him. And here comes the obedience part. Who will direct your path? He, right? It's not trust him, lean on him, don't, don't think about your own understanding and then you go ahead and you'll, you'll, you'll be directed and you can just walk and live. No, 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 no. This is not about you having a comfortable life and I believe that prosperity and all health, all those things will follow you but I believe in his mind, those are less important. Why? Why is that less important? Because I created you. 
I have everything that you need. I have, I'm an endless well of possibilities. I can invade the, the, the natural world with my supernatural, and in a moment, that atmosphere can change. So to me, that's not that important, though I care and I love, but seek first this and listen to me. Obey where I tell you to go. Have a heart to obey, a heart that says yes prior to what he tells you to do. But when we let the world in and they play with those emotions and they start to give you a little bit of fear and they start to give you a little bit of hopelessness and they start to give you a little bit of doubt and they start to tell you that today is way worse than yesterday and I know you made it through that but you surely won't make it through this and come here and let me help you in everything then, then you start to miss. Psalms 1 says it very clear. The blessed man. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Oh, that's simple. I've heard that my entire life. (laughs) I could go through all three of those things and say that there are parts of those that I do. Blessed is the man who walks not in counsel of ungodliness. What is godliness? It's manifesting Yeshua. It is, it is literally, it's not an, an acknowledgement in the sense of like, I thank my grandma and my mom and I thank you know, my kids and my first wife and second wife and third wife and fourth wife and sixth wife and wife and, and the 17 other kids I have. I, I'm thankful for my parole officer and everything else. And I also thank God. He's, you know, Jesus Christ is Lord. And then I also thank grandpa and, you know, my uncle and my teacher. And that's not, that, that's not acknowledgement. It means that they manifest. They manifest the kingdom. They manifest Yeshua. They don't talk. And there's a lot of people that talk. There's not so many people, like the Bible says, are doers of the word. They hear it, but they don't do it. They hear it in services or on their YouTube channel and they go, well, they see that and they get moved and they, oh, yes. And they don't look at, is it a challenge? Have I been doing that? Have I been walking in that? Have you spoken to me to go to Asheville? Have you spoken to me to walk out of my own comfort zone and set myself apart to hear and obey your word? And and a lot of times it's not there because it's clouded because we have not been the blessed man who walks constantly in the guidance of Holy Spirit. Walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. And if anybody says that they have not been sitting in the seat of the scornful for the past two or three years, I think that you probably are lying to yourself. That is casting stones. That is always having something negative to say about where we are, where we're going, who they are, what they're doing, how it's wrong, this side, that side, not the call of unity that John talks about, not the call of unity in in John 17 that Yeshua, his last prayer asked for, that you might experience unity like I experienced with the Father. That's not it, sitting in the seat of the scornful. 
because his delight is in the law of Yahweh. And in that law, he meditates both day and night. What are you feeding? Because your body is constantly meditating on something, either fear or love. All of those things will, your body was designed at night to mull over things. (laughs) In the day, it mulls over things. It constantly brings them up before you. And when there's something in your heart that's taken root like fear and anxiety, it's gonna come right up in front of you constantly. It will torment you. But Holy Spirit is the answer to that. And on his law, we meditate day and night, night and day. And that will make us like a tree that's planted by the rivers of living water. And in every single season, we're to produce fruit. This isn't a seasonal thing. Like this is a tough time, uh, you know, with the, with the pandemic and we just got through the hurricane and man, oh man, this is tough. But man, we're coming into a season of glory. No, 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 no. I couldn't be in more glory than I am right now. I couldn't be more called than I am right now. I couldn't be more full of joy and peace and rest than I am right now. Why? Because those are not emotions. Those are supernatural gifts that are given. The Bible says that every good and every perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights. It's streaming down, and he doesn't change tomorrow, and he doesn't change with the wind and the circumstances. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is faithful, and those good gifts are from him. It's, this is, sometimes we got to go back to those basic principles of the fact that if it's bad, God is good. Didn't come from him. Fear. I, I, I mean, I'm fearful of this time. I'm worried. But you know what? God did not give that to me. So I have the authority to speak to that thing and have it removed. I have the authority to strengthen my faith by praying in the Spirit and let that thing go in and weed out all this crud that we allow to start to get in our hearts. And from that place, the beautiful grass, the beautiful fruit of joy and peace and love and hope, goodness, kindness, self-control, these fruits of the Spirit start as seeds. They're called fruits of the Spirit. Well, I know I've got Holy Spirit within me, but I'm not very joyful. I know I've got Holy Spirit within me, but, you know, I, I, I lash out my kids like that. I'm not very kind, I don't see a whole lot of goodness in my life. The love and joy thing I'm struggling with. Like, that's because there's seeds within you. And before this world made us consumers, we were meant to be gardeners. We were designed to be gardeners. We're designed to garden the things within our hearts and to start to let those things grow and to manifest. And the only way to do that as a gardener is when the weed comes up, we get Holy Spirit to activate that thing to give us comfort and peace that supersedes anything that we understand. And he comes in and and knocks all that out. Amen? Amen? All right, let's jump into 2 Timothy. Oh, my watch died, so tough for you guys. (laughs) <laughs> Second Timothy chapter 1 and let me give you a, a little 
a little background because here, here's the deal is I, I don't ever want to speak things ambiguously up here and that there's not something you can take home with you today to put into practice. I don't mean to. If Holy Spirit wants to do that, fine. Sometimes there doesn't need to be understanding, but there are so many practical pearls of wisdom within scripture for today. And so I want to talk to you about how do we, how, how is it that we start to grow these things within our spirit. It's needed so bad today. Don't let it be too simple. Fruits of the spirit. See, (laughs) some of the most kingdom people, you can't see it if you're listening to the podcast, I'm doing these two fingers up here, little quotation marks around this. Some of the most kingdom people, some of the most uh, spiritual they might seem. So, So many of the people that are just so, so, you know, otherworldly, know all this kind of stuff, and they just have all this revelation seeming, or they have all this theology, are sometimes some of the biggest jerks, some of the biggest uh, people outside of peace, some of the people that don't show love and don't show goodness and don't show self-control. And so to me, if you don't have those simple, basic principles of the fruit growing of holy, if there is no fruit... You can't tell me that you've been activating Holy Spirit within you. you. You have good insight into the kingdom. You might have good things to say. It might tickles, tickle people's eardrums and make them jump up and say amen. But where is the fruit in the people that you're following? Where is the fruit in their lives? Where is the peace and the joy and the hope? If you can't look at the fruits of the Spirit, you should not just take them at face value. So this is, this, uh, in 2 Timothy, we get Paul talking to his spiritual son, Timothy. In 1 Timothy, he also writes him a letter, but it, but it doesn't have the same overall kind of vibe as 2 Timothy. Because in 2 Timothy, Paul's in prison and he's writing to Timothy in knowing that his end is coming. That he's going to lose his life. And I I want us to do what we used to do, but I I say, like, let's get on a time machine. Let's travel back. Let's put ourselves in that moment and not read this story like whatever. Think about yourself. You know, right now, we've got it so bad, right? It's, It's sometimes funny to think about how we act like these times are awful because they're not comfortable. Lord, save me from this hour. No, for this purpose, I was born. For this purpose, I came to this hour. I just, I want to be a part of raising up, standing with people of stature and backbone that know how to make a commitment and a covenant and not break it, no matter how the wind's blowing. So Paul's sitting in his cell writing this, these words to Timothy, his spiritual son, and I want, you to, I want you to listen to this. From Paul, an apostle of Jesus, the Messiah, appointed by God's pleasure to announce the wonderful promise of life found in Jesus, the anointed Messiah. What an introduction. Verse two says, my beloved son, Paul talking to Timothy, my beloved son, I pray for a greater release of God's grace, love, and total well-being to flow into your life from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. 
You know that I've been called to serve the God of my fathers with a clean conscience. Night and day I pray constantly for you, building a memorial for you with my prayers. It's powerful right there. I know that you have wept for me, your spiritual father, and your tears are dear to me. I can't wait to see you again. Now he's about to die. I can't wait to see you again. I'm filled with joy as I think of your strong faith that was passed down through your family line. There's something powerful that happens when, we're stop, when we stop worrying about ourselves and our current day and start to see things generationally when we start to care more about the generations before us and those to come and passing this torch down that the flame never gets dimmer but just keeps getting brighter that, we, brighter, that we have more influence, when we care more about that than our current personal destiny, our current personal uh, success as we see it and we start to truly lean into the Holy Spirit and let him guide us, that something powerful takes place and it stops being about just us. And John is, or Paul is saying, I'm filled with joy as I think of your strong faith that was passed down through your family line. It began with your grandmother, Lois, and who, was, uh, who passed it on to your dear mother, Eunice. And it's clear that you, are too, that you too are following in the footsteps of their godly example. I'm writing to encourage you to fan into a flame and rekindle the fire of the spiritual gift God imparted to you when I laid my hands upon you. This, the, in the other translations, it says, to stir the Holy Spirit within you. <laughs> Some of us need these things. Sometimes it's a natural thing that has to stir, and I don't want it to have to be a natural thing that stirs Holy Spirit within me. Because that's more of an agitation. Something comes up and we're so reactionary as believers. Oh, there's this happening. Now I need to try to stir this flame so that I have the things ready to go. But Yahweh is about process. He's going to walk you through a journey and you're not going to make that seed grow overnight. He's about the relationship. And when the relationship becomes uh, a means to an end, end being the blessing and favor and everything else, and the relationship just being a vehicle to get you there is the minute that that thing will not grow and will stay stagnant. We've got to see the journey and relationship and the constant stirring, the constant fanning, the constant desire to be in the presence of the Lord as the whole purpose. So he tells Timothy to continue to stir that flame within you. You remember that day that I laid my hands on your head and the gift of Holy Spirit came and imparted itself within you. And now you walk with power. You walk with all the grace you need. You walk in guidance. He's moving you here, there, and everywhere. He's not talking about what I'm telling you to do. He's talking about Holy Spirit. If you think about it this way, Paul is writing his last will and testament. He's saying, how do I make sure that everything that I've cared about in my life, everything that I was called to continue on and he tells Timothy his spiritual son the way you do that is to stir the flame of Holy Spirit the way you do that is you get in a room you shut it off and you say Holy Spirit guide me 
and you listen and you obey and it becomes so simple yet so profound and we stop living a lives of, of just personal gratification which it, listen it's not all about like woe is me I can't stand that that kind of gospel he says that I come that you might have life and life more abundantly this thing's about joy unspeakable full of glory that things that that prosperity and all those things are going to follow you and be a, a manifestation everything that you do will bring about blessing but he's looking first for the faithfulness because all of that to him is less important So let's keep reading here. I'm writing to encourage you to fan into a flame and rekindle the fire of the spiritual gift God imparted to you when I laid my hands upon you. For God will never give you the spirit of fear. We've read about this. He never gives you the spirit of fear. But the Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power, love, and self-control. So he gives you the spirit. This is what... We operate outside of our original design and that's why we live our lives frustrated. That's why we live our lives in fear. It's contrary to how we were designed to walk in fear, to walk in doubt, to walk in anxiety, to walk in sleeplessness, to walk in worry all the days of our lives. That is contrary to the design, but we've bought into that lie that that's just how it is. That's not, he's called the comforter. For God will never give you, don't let these scriptures just become children's ministry. I say this a lot, but for real, wake up to this. God will never give you the spirit of fear. God does not give you that spirit that you are so convinced is real. That means you got it elsewhere. It's not natural. Fear is not this, it's a natural reaction. It's a natural response to natural means, but it's not natural. It's not how you were designed. And sometimes awareness of that brings us into breakthrough. Sometimes being able to say, you know what, I I am fearful. I feel like I walk around just scared every single, I'm worried about my kids, I'm worried about what's gonna take place in their life, I'm worried about my finances, I'm worried about my health, I'm worried about my family's health, I'm worried about all of these things that Yahweh doesn't, he did not design you to walk like that. But as long as you're convinced that you're gonna walk like that, you will have power leave your body. You will be convinced of a different world. You won't have access, Holy Spirit being the gateway to the supernatural. So never be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor be embarrassed over my imprisonment, but overcome evil by the revelation of the power of God. Now, he's, he's telling Timothy, don't be embarrassed, because how would you guys feel if I was in prison right now? <laughs> don't, don't, don't be embarrassed of where we find ourselves. I'm not here... I'm not in this situation and I'm not feeling sorry for myself in this. This is where I get back to. He is not sitting here pinning this, feeling so sorry for himself. He says, well, let's keep going. He'll say it himself. Overcome every evil by the revelation of the power of God. Let him reveal that there is power within God. It is not a stagnant faith that we are in. 
As believers, we need to know that there's power working through our body, and that is more natural than the fear that you're experiencing right now. It should be. He gave us resurrection life and drew us to himself by his holy calling on our lives. And it wasn't because of any good we have done, but by his divine pleasure and marvelous grace that confirmed our union with the anointed Jesus even before time began. Before you were you, you were. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. There was a moment before you came into this world. And he, Paul is acknowledging that, that before time even began, I was called to this. This truth is now being unveiled by the revelation of the anointed Jesus, our life giver. Can we say that together? Our life giver. One, two, three. Our life giver. Your life, my life, is not my own. It's not your own. He gives us life. I died to the way I used to live, and now I live through him. And I can't say that if I'm manifesting something completely different. So, I mean, like, what about the scriptures of, oh, death, where is your sting? Why are we so worried? I don't want to die. First off, let me get that out there if you didn't know that. I don't want to die. I want to, and I don't believe that's my call. I believe that I'm meant to live life, a long life, and that I'm supposed to see my kids grow and the generations keep going. I want that thing, but I'm not going to live in fear over losing my life because he is my life giver. And if I believe that, I have nothing to worry about. Truly, I don't. Now that can be words to you and you can say you don't believe that, whatever, but that is biblical. That is truth. It is Christ within us. That's the hope of glory. It is Christ within us that gives me. <sighs> who has dismantled death. Th- think again. This is Paul who is, knows he's about to find death. And this is his truth. This truth is now being unveiled by the revelation of the anointed Jesus, our life giver, who has dismantled death, obliterating all its effects on our life and has manifested his immortal life in us by the good news. And he has anointed me as his preacher, his apostle, and his teacher of truth to the nations. The confidence of my calling enables me to overcome every difficulty without shame, for I have an intimate revelation of this God. And my faith in him convinces me that he is more than able to keep all that I have placed in his hands safe and secure until the fullness of, this, of his appearing. I'm not going to do this to you right now, but I could, I could read this in New King James because to me, I don't even know why I read it in the Passion Translation. It's habit. But it, it's, it's powerful because what Paul actually starts to talk about and the word he uses is that I am not worried about my, I have, I'm not ashamed of where I find myself today. I'm not ashamed of all of the effects that are happening around me. I'm not ashamed that I can't be out there going and preaching the gospel. I am doing what I'm called to do. And I know that because a long time ago, I made the commitment to believe that this is what I'm supposed to do. I was called before the beginning of time and he was actually called to be a preacher to the Gentiles knowing that he was gonna uh, experience persecution. Preachers today don't experience persecution because they have to shut their doors or because, like, 
Excuse me, but shut up. Come on. That's good. Amen. If you're called, you're called. And we are all called, not just preachers and not just ministers, but to manifest the kingdom of God. And if that is not true to you, it's time to start to fan, fan, fan the flame of Holy Spirit. It's been stagnant for too long, and it's time for the power, miraculous working power of Holy Spirit to start to manifest through us and to guide us in all of our ways. And all of our ways acknowledge Him, and He starts to direct our path. Can I get an amen? amen? I know Shiloh will. Come on now. Yeah. David, jump up here real quick on the keyboard, please. to uh, work towards refiner. I, uh, I've had a word in my heart for weeks now and I just have not come to the place to be able to release it and jump into it and today's just like that I don't believe that I'm going to keep going into it but I do want to mention it because I think it's 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 worth it in the word you know if if Holy Spirit Spirit is always faithful to reveal things he constantly puts things up in your face and if you have an ear to hear and eyes to see you will recognize if you have a heart to acknowledge him in all of your ways you don't see things as just happenstance you don't hear conversations as just happenstance you can see him and hear him in every single thing that you do in fact the Bible tells us that the world is constantly trying to suppress that truth that he is innately obviously available, accessible, and real, and evident in everything from the birds chirping to the trees to the, to the land that we walk on to the friend to laughter to anything else. That is the real expression of the kingdom. And to limit it to just spiritual moments uh, that just take place is, is wrong. It allows the, the world to continue to suppress things. But I, but I have heard this word come up in front of my face constantly, and the word is simply joy. Joy. And me loving words and wanting to always study the truth of the real meaning of words. I did a pretty extensive word study on this word joy. And here's what it means. Joy. (laughs) Joyful. Happiness. The joy of the Lord is our strength. It was for the joy that was set before him he was able to endure the cross. In his presence is fullness of joy. Sometimes the most powerful revelation doesn't lie just in the true meaning of the word, but maybe more in the 
process of its production. What I mean by that is before there's ever a fruit of joy, there is a seed of belief. There is a commitment that says, I believe that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I believe that I'm going to see glory manifested in my life. I believe that Holy Spirit is working in my life and doing powerful, miraculous, amazing things. And even if the road looks a little bit jagged like this, he's still directing that path. And there will be a un shakable expression of joy an unshakable manifestation of the fruit of joy in our lives and I believe that, that that's what I, I'm praying for in my own life I just want to be a <laughs> I want to manifest joy I believe there's nothing that can impact someone immediately like seeing the joy on someone else's life someone who's constantly walking in a life of joy but that's only going to take place which I believe Holy Spirit is highlighting right now is himself Holy Spirit the comforter we have got to learn and constantly stir ourselves up in our most holy faith by praying in tongues so I want to ask Henry and I want to ask Jess, y'all the two that have been on my heart this week for this. I just want y'all to come stand right here, one right here. Everybody else, y'all stand with me. David's gonna uh, is gonna sing for us, and and I, you know, the manifestation of Holy Spirit is 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 comfort, but it's also power. We've talked about it a lot today. There's power. And I, I just want to give opportunity. It doesn't, like, honestly, I'm not, I, I, I know, Henry, if you need to jump in and say anything, I know this has been on his heart too lately, but I, I want to give opportunity. Paul said that this baptism of Holy Spirit, that this gift of Holy Spirit came by way of laying on of hands. And sometimes there's this assumed idea that we have Holy Spirit working within us, but we have absolutely no fruit to show for it. And I feel like in these days I'm being baptized with a new fresh fire. That Holy Spirit is coming in a in a a more tangible, powerful way that he's going to start to guide us in ways that aren't just our choice but are his choice that we're going to walk in a little bit more freedom, a little bit more lack of safety. Today is all about being safe what the world tells you let's make sure we are safe be safe and I don't want to be stupid but I just want to be wrapped in the presence of the Lord and trust that that's a, that to me that's enough and if it's not for you then I think you got some things to work on and, and you just need to start to build yourself up in that faith but I, I just want to give opportunity I know this has truly been on his heart uh, a lot and Jess I just see like I know this is in you Like, I just, I know that I know that I know that I know that these two are who Holy Spirit directed me to put into place today. So if you feel 
If you feel today that there is a, there's a lack there, that there is not power, that you kind of need a fresh manifestation, filling baptism of Holy Spirit, I do want you to come and I want you to let him lay, lay his hands on you, lay her hands on you. And I believe that what's going to take place is a seed. Don't, don't, don't get, I, I, this is one of those things like people mislead other people by saying like, I'm going to lay my hands on you and you're going to be healed. There are moments where that sozo healing takes place, but there's also moments where he was walking along the path and he received wholeness, right? And there's, a, there's sometimes it's a journey that he walks through with you. And so in this, in this time, I believe that they're going to lay hands on you and a seed is going to be imparted in you. That the manifestation of speaking in tongues, of, of being completely baptized in the fire of Holy Spirit is going to start to take place. And I do not want to assume, especially as people start to come in here, that we just have that. I don't want you to assume since you've been here for 50 years, or you've been here for 20 years, or you've been here for two years, or you've been in the faith for so long, and I was baptized in the Spirit all that time ago. Well, that's fine. Where's the fruit? Is the fruit in you? Fruit's in you. Stand firm and don't be moved by emotion, sit here and stretch your hands out and pray over your tribe that's walking through this whole thing. But I believe that Yahweh's highlighting today that there is a moment, that there is an opportunity, that there is a call for a fresh fire of Holy Spirit that is imparted biblically by the laying on of hands. About six o'clock this morning, I didn't know what Joseph was going to talk about today. I just want to read you what I wrote. Proverbs 3, I wrote above that, why do we need to pray in the Spirit? Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He shall direct your path. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. It goes on to say, happy is the one who finds wisdom and gains understanding. That's the Holy Spirit. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace and joy. Hallelujah. And happy are those who retain her. She's a tree of life to those who take hold of her. I love that. We got to take hold of that seed so it can become fruit. Take hold of, of the Holy Spirit in you today. For the perverse person is an abomination to the Lord. But his secret counsel, the Holy Spirit is with the upright. I love that. His secret counsel is with the upright. We tend to want to understand everything before we embrace it. It's our nature. Kids always ask, why? We're going to the store. Why? To buy food. Why? And sometimes we need to demonstrate our faith by going beyond our understanding. Lean not on our own understanding, but put our trust in Him. This morning when I, when I was writing that, I just had this vision of a lot of us, myself included, it's so easy to do, that we, we're fighting some natural battles. Or some, excuse me, we're, we're fighting some spiritual battles with natural means. And there comes a time, but because that's comfortable. It's, remember the other day, it's bottled water. I don't know if y'all have that slide back there of, of that water flowing, Derek, but if you do, stick it up there real quick. 
I want to encourage you today to let go beyond your understanding. This, this gift of the Holy Spirit, honoring those seeds, is sometimes looking at a situation and, and you don't know what to pray. Anybody ever been there? You got a situation in your life, you got a relationship. Sometimes it's people. Sometimes it's things. Whatever it is, sometimes we don't know what to pray. But what a gift we've been given to to just look at that thing and say, Holy Spirit, I don't understand this. I'm not going to overcomplicate it. I'm just going to hold my hands up. I'm going to open my mouth. And I'm not going to let the frontal lobe of my brain give me the words to say because I don't know what to say. But I'm going to release you in my tongue. And I'm going to say, In my natural mind, I don't understand that. But all of a sudden, you know what? That mountain just gets smaller and smaller. And all of a sudden, that problem that seemed like it was impossible becomes possible. Man, I just, I just want us to embrace this word that Joseph has brought forth today. This is a, this is a marked day. Some of you don't, have never received the tongues of praying in the Spirit. You can receive it right now. You can receive it right now. You got to open your mouth and lift up your hand and just let your get get your mind out of the situation and let the Holy Spirit begin to flow and stir those seeds that Joseph's talking about so the fruit of the Spirit can be evident in your life. Man, I'm telling you, it's great. It's great. Amen. Let's uh could could someone get the kids out here too? Go ahead and keep the Keep that going. You can you can start singing lightly too if you want. But I, I want to get the kids. I I want to make sure that we don't ever think that we need to reserve moments and anointing for just the adults. But they're the generations to follow us, and we need to expose them to the anointing and the power. And when He's stirring in this place, we need to make it available for them too, even if it's just to visualize it and to see us being faithful. And I want you, if, if you want your child to walk up here and, 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 and maybe get that initial seed or that touch of the Holy Spirit in their, in their bodies, if they haven't already, whatever you, whatever you feel, I, I want us to do that, okay? And here's, here's the deal. I'm writing to encourage you to fan into a flame and rekindle the fire of the spiritual gift God imparted to you when I laid my hands upon you. When he laid his hands upon him, he received this gift. So, so again, I say, don't, don't, if this is the first time, great, awesome, jump into it. But if it's the second time, awesome, great, jump. If it's the third time, fourth time, fifth time, I don't care. Stop worrying about if it's theo- theologically correct and start listening to the Holy Spirit that's pressing you in your heart to step forward and to feel this again. Amen. Go ahead and come. Thank you for listening. For more information on The Rock of Bay County, please go to therockofbc.org.